0: Welcome to Honest Real Raw, the podcast that inspires people while keeping it real. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Honest Real Raw podcast. I'm your host, Victoria DiPaolo. I hope that you're all doing very well. Um, We made it to episode 10, and this is the very last episode of season 1. Um... Ten episodes just flew by and I've been having such a good time doing this podcast and I'm very excited for season 2. But I want to take a second to thank everyone who has tuned in each and every single week. Thank you for the feedback, thank you for the kind words. It's been really nice getting to know some of you and I always say this but I'm so grateful that people listen and enjoy the episodes and feel comfortable enough to reach out to me. You know, that's the whole point of this podcast. It's an open conversation, and this has helped me so much, and I hope that it can continue to help others as well. So today we are going to be discussing imposter syndrome, and I'll be talking about my experiences and how I've dealt with these thoughts and feelings over the years. Now, you might already be familiar with the term imposter syndrome. But if you aren't, here it is. Um, How could I explain it? Well, imposter syndrome is this internal experience of believing that you're not as competent as others perceive you to be. It's this thought that people like ourselves could not possibly triumph um, given what we know about ourselves. So... We don't see ourselves as being capable uh, of succeeding because we don't view ourselves in the same light as we do people who have achieved great things or do great things. And I think that many people might feel this way when they start a new job or when they're entering a new program or degree at school. And for some... These feelings last for a period of time when they're kind of adjusting to a new environment. But for others, the experience can be a lifelong struggle. And it can have a seriously negative impact on the way a person views themselves. I'm just speaking from my own experience here. And and this is a feeling that I'm unfortunately uh, very familiar with. But... I wanted to share my experience in hopes that some of you might be able to understand and maybe relate. And this is a feeling that I've really only experienced in recent years, especially in university where I was surrounded by high-achieving people who were very smart and seemed to have it all together. But um, I also felt this way when i was starting a new job or when i was accepted to a program or even when i got you know academic awards or bursaries i i always questioned myself and felt like i didn't deserve the opportunities i was getting and that somebody would find out that i maybe wasn't competent for the position or for the award that i was getting um and this really took a toll on my self-esteem and it took up a lot of headspace. I, I would become so consumed by these thoughts and honestly, it makes me sad to say this because I would diminish my own achievements by doing this. You know, for example, when I was accepted into law school, uh, when I first found out I was proud of myself, but that pride quickly changed and these thoughts began to creep into my head and I told myself that I only got in because of luck and not because I was actually a qualified candidate and I remember even telling a friend like I don't know how I got into law school and she told me like well you were accepted because you prepared yourself and you know you worked hard in undergrad and she was like reminding me of all the things that I did. And she was right. I had earned my spot in the program because I worked and I I couldn't recognize that. And I'm not sure if I'll say this properly, but there are a lot of external factors that would make people assume that I know what I'm doing and that I'm successful and skilled. But I don't really believe that I am. Um, you know when I was in my undergrad I got a job as a research assistant which was a great opportunity for me but I was convinced that I only got it because the teacher who referred me to the professor liked me as a student and thought I was nice and I didn't get the job because I had good grades or because I was able to do the job well and I kept telling myself that there were so many other students in the faculty that could have been chosen and who were competent and really smart, but here I was. And that's the thing with imposter syndrome. There's this cognitive dissonance, you know, like you're doing the work and studying, but you feel like you don't deserve it. And you feel like an imposter. And it's the fear that you're going to be revealed as a fraud that is very powerful that and controls the way you see yourself. And as I'm saying this it it sounds so dramatic and and I don't know if you can relate but it's really how I feel sometimes and how I've definitely felt in the past. And when I was working on my applications for law school like just to go back to that for a second I I had to list the jobs I had in the past, the volunteer work I'd done my transcript for my undergrad, the academic awards, and, you know, all that stuff. And as I was doing all this, it didn't feel like me. I'm not sure if I'm saying it well, but there was nothing in my application that was a lie. Everything was true. The grades, the achievements, like, it was all there. But I couldn't believe that I was able to do these things. I know that I did them, but I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel like I was good enough to get into law school. I just felt unworthy. And, and that's a tricky thing with imposter syndrome. And I've only come to understand and identify this feeling very recently, but it's like I know rationally, that I'm a hard worker and that I've done all these things to be able to get to where I need to be. But I don't feel like I'm deserving of the opportunities that I have been given. And I I think it might be difficult to to make sense of this if you haven't experienced it, but it also didn't make sense to me right away. And it still doesn't at times. And it's hard for me to wrap my brain around it. And When I was first able to understand these feelings, I was trying to figure out the root of this issue. Like, why do I feel this way? And why do I have such a hard time talking about this with others? I really had to take the time to reflect on this. And I realized that I'm someone who has very high expectations for myself. And while this has been beneficial for me, it has also been something that has placed me at a disadvantage because I could meet 99% of my goals and I will still feel like a failure because I didn't fully complete the task. I didn't get to that 100%. And I become so hyper-focused on the one thing that I wasn't able to achieve or complete. And This makes me question my own competence at times. And I only realized this a few years ago um, because I would get a grade back on a paper. Let's say I got an A. Now, for most people, that's great, right? An A is a good grade. But in my mind, it wasn't enough. And I would ask myself, why didn't I get an A? Where did I go wrong? What more could I have done? Instead of just being happy with the grade that I got, I was always striving for more. And this is very unhealthy. It's it's unhealthy to think that way. And what worried me was that there would be no threshold of accomplishments that would put these feelings to rest. Like, when would I ever be happy with myself? Or when would I ever feel like what I was doing was enough? And I still ask that. Same question to myself, and I don't know what the answer is. It might be never if I continue this way, but I know that I have to work on the way that I view myself and view the aspects of my life. Um, I I think it's very important to recognize the signs of imposter syndrome because it could spawn these unrealistic levels of perfectionism and performance anxiety and in my case it was burnout and I could definitely identify moments in my life where I would push myself to work harder to prove to the people around me that I deserved the opportunity and I would feel the need to succeed in all aspects of my life at work at school volunteering with friends and family like whatever i and you know you might be saying this sounds like someone who is an overachiever and who likes to work but this feeling of being seen as seen as an imposter is so strong and so real that it got to the point where it controlled my actions and and it was actually dangerous like you know, in my case, it increased anxiety and stress in my life. And I always felt like I wasn't good enough, like I couldn't keep up. And I was also very self-critical when it came to, you know, my performance, especially in school. It It's very important to dedicate time to schoolwork and, and to work hard, but it was getting to the point where it was too much and my identity was so highly linked to school and my performance. And it made me lose sight of who I am. And it's kind of like I was trapped in this downward spiral and I I couldn't get out of it. I would constantly um, compare myself to other students who I thought were much smarter than me and who seemed to grasp concepts effortlessly whereas I struggled sometimes seemed like everybody had more experience than me and actually I I still sometimes feel this way and I just yeah at the time I felt like I, I didn't belong among them and that they would think that I was not at their level and finally I decided to reach out to others and talk about this because I knew it wasn't a normal feeling, but I figured why not? And the people that I spoke to, like one of the first questions that they asked me, um, was, were your parents strict or hard on you as a child? And that wasn't the case at all. In fact, My parents were always very supportive and told me how proud they were of me. And they never pushed me to do things I didn't want to do. They never put pressure on me about grades and school. But I was the problem. I would put this immense pressure on myself. And it was very heavy and it was hard to deal with. And I thought that I needed to achieve in order to be accepted and and fit in. So... I really had to take the time to understand the root of these feelings and thoughts. And I did some research on what imposter syndrome was and where it stemmed from. And the truth is that we feel like imposters not because we're uniquely flawed, but because we aren't able to imagine how deeply flawed everyone else is. Like we don't see others as being imperfect to begin with. And we're only aware of our own anxieties and thoughts. So we feel like we don't belong. And the reality is that we know ourselves from the inside, right? We're in touch with our feelings. We know what our thoughts are and how we feel about things. So we only can base ourselves on that but when we see people we view them from the outside and we're getting a more polished and edited version of another person so this means that we're constantly aware of what is racing through our minds but we only see the positive things that others share with us and this can be a very isolating thought right you feel alone and different from everyone else And, you know, for example, in my mind, I couldn't imagine a highly successful person feeling vulnerable or sad or less than. It was something that I thought I was going through alone. And, you know, that's obviously not true because many people experience these feelings, but it appears differently. Um, But they're definitely there. And I don't know, I, I asked myself... How are you going to change this? Because you have a long way ahead of you. It's just the beginning of law school and you're going to have to work in the field after. So what are you going to do to try and combat these feelings? How are you going to quiet these thoughts? And I had to start with understanding that I'm more than my thoughts. And I can't just believe all these things about myself I can't keep criticizing myself because this made me feel like an imposter in situations and I deserve to be where I am I had to understand that just because people weren't talking about their feelings doesn't mean that they weren't going through the same things and that's that, that's true because you know speaking with uh, my classmates and colleagues we all kind of go through the same thing especially in a field like law where it could be very competitive um you know everybody who's there is already an overachiever they have really good grades they're very involved in um in the community so it's it's easy to compare yourself to others And I just have to constantly remind myself that a lot of people are in the same boat. (laughs) Um, The next thing that I have to do to kind of change my ways is um, pay attention to my self-talk. So recently, I began listening to my inner dialogue. And I realized that I wasn't being so kind to myself. Shocker, right? (laughs) I was stuck in this negative pattern uh, that I still fall into sometimes. Um, But when I do, I now know how to switch the script. So when I start to think that I don't belong and I question my abilities, I change my approach and ask myself, what can I contribute to the role I'm in? And how can I use my abilities to make a difference? And, you know, in order to do this, I had to be honest with myself and Identify what my strengths and weaknesses are. So, I know that I'm good at leading a group and I'm organized and I have good study habits, but I'm not so good at, I don't know, answering multiple choice questions and I overanalyze everything. So, you know, having this list which identifies my strengths and limitations allows me to know where there is room for growth but it reminds me of what I'm able to do and you know like I said before I've I've thought about this a lot and it's kind of been on my mind recently and I think the truth is that I might never be able to banish these thoughts permanently I might always have to live with it and you know just find ways to cope but Having open conversations about the challenges of work and school and just life in general helped to make it a little bit easier to deal with. And I think that increasing the conversations uh, surrounding these topics is very important. And I hope that those who are listening can feel a little freer to be frank about their feelings. Because it isn't easy to discuss the feelings of imposterism and being open about this um, is definitely a challenge but it can also be a big help and as somebody who dealt with this internally for many years and I didn't speak about it with anyone it was very heavy and painful at times and when I finally spoke about it it felt like such a relief. And um, I actually had the chance to speak about this with one of my professors and she told me that she had experienced similar feelings when she was in school and even when she was hired by the university. And it made me feel a little bit better because I felt like I could relate to her and and she was you know, very intelligent and accomplished and you know, being able to talk about this with her made me realize that it is a real feeling for so many people and that it's valid to feel this way. So um, moving forward, I plan on continuing to work on silencing these thoughts of inadequacy in my mind. And um, I know that it isn't an easy task and it's going to be a lifelong work in progress, but I'm really glad that I decided to, to talk about this today. And to put it out there. And if you've ever felt the same way, reach out and let me know. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to hear about your experience. And uh, how you're working towards overcoming these feelings and thoughts. I'll take your tips and tricks. So yeah. Um, that's kind of everything I wanted to say on the topic of imposter syndrome. So this brings us to the Getting Deep segment. And last week, I actually forgot to include a question in the episode and only realized when I listened back. Um, But as you know, I record this in one take and I was debating if I should re-record the whole episode, but I just ended up uploading it without the question. So this week, I decided to give you a big juicy question Um, and it isn't related to today's topic, but I've had this on my mind for a few days and I wanted to share it with you all. So. Today's question is, can there be happiness without sadness, pleasure without pain, peace without war? And I kind of sat with that for a little bit, but I don't think I have an answer yet because I think we can have happiness, um, but... Like we, we can't have happiness, pleasure and and peace. But on the other hand, I tell myself that if we never experienced sadness or pain, we wouldn't know how to identify our happiness or pleasure in the first place. So I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with that one. But let me know what you think. I'm looking forward to reading your responses Um, You can message me on Instagram at HonestRealRawPod or leave me a voice note on Anchor. Uh, Be sure to subscribe so you can keep up to date with all the new episodes or catch up on anything that you missed. Also, I just wanted to mention that I will be taking a two week break because I need to study for finals and I have to focus on the end of the semester. But it actually comes at the perfect time. Because the next episode will be episode one of season two. So it'll be a fresh start for the spring. And I'm looking forward to discovering many more topics with all of you. Last thing before I wrap things up. The giveaway is up and will be ending on Saturday, April 10th at midnight. Um, I teamed up with Flow Aroma and D-Balm. Uh, We put together a lovely wellness package, so check it out Um, and be sure to enter for your chance to win. I think it's a great package and I am really excited about it and I hope that you are too. On that note, have a lovely day, be kind to yourself and to others, and make sure to keep things honest, real, and raw. Take care.